sun is out, the temperature is slowly rising, and there's more than just a hint of jasmine in the air. But strangely, an epidemic of sorts is sweeping the country. Footy funnels fever is affecting the hearts and minds of millions of people across Australia at the moment, and as such, the citizens of the people's game are making some house calls during the pre-funnels lull to check up on a few of our favourite footy friends. Our first visit sees Casey and JB stroll down to Brunswick Street Oval to talk footy with lifelong Fitzroy and Brisbane Lions fan and current director of Fitzroy FC, David Layden. David is what our doctor of fandom would describe earnestly as a true fan, although as he'll explain to you, he probably didn't have much of a say in the matter. The Brisbane Lions are up and about this season and so is David, but this chat should warm the cockles of every footy fan's heart, because who doesn't love just a little bit of old Fitzroy? So, Case and I are joined today by David Layden. David, welcome to the podcast. Oh, thanks for having me, guys. Right, we're going to start off really basic and very, very general, the classic footy question. So, talk to us about your weekend of footy. What did you get up to? Well, it was a full weekend of footy. Uh, started out at about uh, 8.30 on Saturday morning down at Brunswick Street Oval, uh, getting everything organised for the big day ahead. Uh, it was a big game for uh, for the Roys. We had to, had to win that to try and guarantee uh, our spot in, in B grade for next year. So... Uh, uh, prior to every home game, we have a, a big lunch and we were setting up for the big lunch and uh, uh, that all took place nicely with uh, the chair, chairman of the Brisbane Lions coming down to speak at the lunch, Andrew Wellington. Lovely. Uh, which set us up nicely for uh, for the big game at two o'clock, mm. uh, the game that we had to win to stay in B grade. Uh, fast forward three hours and we actually won it, uh, which was really good. <laughs> yeah. uh, and then uh, there was a, a players' function that night, uh, all of which uh, ended up at about one o'clock in the morning after we cleaned everything up. Great. <laughs> uh, now that was the easy bit because then uh, we had to get up early on uh, on Saturday and pre- on Sunday rather and prepare ourselves for the uh, big Brisbane Lions game mm. uh, against That's Richmond. Yeah. Uh, so what did you make of that that clash? The Lions clash. Look, I thought uh, we were outstanding for all bar the first uh, fifteen minutes of the uh, the first quarter. Um, I thought uh, I ended that game fearing Richmond. Uh, I left that game thinking we can take them uh, in the, in the semi. So <laughs> look out. Yes, look out, Jack. <laughs> They're coming for your Tigers next week or two weeks home. Hopefully not. We'll see. I'll be at the snow mm. watching it in, in comfort, I think. Good grief. Uh, <laughs> won't, be, won't be trekking up to the Gabba. So um, let's go right back. So you're an original Fitzroy supporter back in the, the heyday. So what was that connection? That was a family connection. That was a, a long family connection. Uh, Mum and Dad uh, met as 16-year-olds uh, back in uh, the days. I, I assume they still do it, but back in the days when uh, girls made their debut. Uh, Mum was making her debut and she needed a, uh, a tall boy to partner her and uh, Dad was nominated as, as the tall boy. They'd never met. And upon talking about things, both uh, discovered they were Fitzroy supporters uh, as 16-year-olds and uh, they're still together all these years later. Oh, but I love uh, that. Of course, I was the, uh, the first-born child and uh, once I was born, there was a, a knitted Fitzroy jumper uh, placed on the end of the cot uh, before I left the hospital, <laughs> so I had no choice. Yes, uh, so that was where it all started, um, and I think one of my earliest memories of, uh, of Fitzroy is uh, probably is roughly a three-year-old, and, and just being told constantly about Kevin Murray, this this, this great <laughs> man, Kevin yeah. Murray, is the greatest player. 
Uh, I think in 67, he'd just come back to Fitzroy after a couple of years over in uh, in Perth. Uh, he went over there for a couple of years. Um, and I, I know mum and dad were very excited that he was back. And, uh, of course, a new jumper appeared with uh, his new number one <laughs> on the back of it. Uh, and that was where it all started. I can remember a couple of other things too. I, I know uh, in 71, uh, Fitzroy played over at uh, VFL Park. And... I was about six or seven at the time, and uh, I run out on the ground at the end of the game. And it, it was a huge ground, VFL Park, uh, for, for a little fella. Uh, and I got to the race just as Kevin Murray was going down the race. So my aim was to get his autograph. Uh, and I, I distinctly remember him turning around, going up the race, and then realising there was a little kid there, and he turned around and came back and, uh, and gave me the autograph. Uh, which I was stoked about and uh, then run back to, to tell my mum uh, who also thought it was the greatest thing we'd ever done at that time <laughs> in our family. So it was a big moment for us. And obviously that's remained all through these years. He's uh, He was my first hero. Big men, they're, they're very hard to toss in the air. Murray battles two players, getting no assistance from his teammates. What do they think he's there for? You brought in a little souvenir to show us as well. Um do you want to talk us through this picture? It's a photo that, uh, yes, it's uh, it's one of my favourite photos, actually. It was, uh, it's two photos uh, merged into one. So it was, uh, the first photo was taken in 1977 uh, of myself as a 12 or 13-year-old. I hadn't quite turned 13 then uh, with Fitzroy Captain Ron Alexander. Yeah. Uh, the uh, Fitzroy Brisbane Lions Historical Society had a, a dinner uh, late in 2017, so 40 years on, and Ron Alexander was there, so we... Uh, uh, reproduced the photo of uh, me and him standing together 40 years later. Yeah, amazing. Um, and another one of my heroes. He was a great, tough player that uh, was a really good leader for the Fitzroy Footy Club. So mm. I was really appreciative that uh, he, he spent a lot of time with our family that night and uh, I reckon we talked him through all his 132 games for Fitzroy. <laughs> <laughs> and so was there anything else that stood out? So they had some pretty big names in the early 90s, Paul Roos, Alistair Lynch. What do you remember of... I guess 93 was really the last season that they flourished. So what do you remember of that that era, the early 90s, just oh, before look, it, it went to Oh, it was a tragedy. The, 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 the side uh, started to really make its mark again in around about 78, 79. So yep. in 79, they made the finals for the first time in 19 years. Uh, and it was very exciting when, when they did that. Uh, and you know, subsequent finals appearances in 81... 83, 84, mm. uh, and 86 when they made the, the prelim final, um, including my favourite Fitzroy moment ever uh, when in the elimination final of 86 when we were gone for all money and Mickey Conlon, who hadn't had a, a touch all day, uh, got a goal with about a minute to go and put us a point in front against Essendon and, and we held on to win. Uh, so that, that side was set up for, for some... Some pretty important things, I thought, in, in the years to come. And that was the side that uh, also had um, you know, young Richard Osborne, uh, Gary Pert, Paul Roos, yep, yep. uh, the players that would you know, set yourself up for, uh, for, for a decade of dominance. Unfortunately, the financials uh, played a part in us losing a lot of uh, those players. Yeah. And by 93, the only one that was still there, I think, was, was Ruse, just for one more year. Yeah. So, and then you'd pulled Lynch in as well. Yeah, by Lynch, that point. Lynch was there coming. And that was pre Brit before he moved up to the Bears. Yeah, so he came in about 87. Uh, yep. And uh, oh, he was a great player. You know, you, yeah. Even at that young age, you could see there was something special there. Yeah. Uh, and you know, to lose. Uh, lose the backbone of uh, you know, Pert, Osborne. You know, Gary Pert went to Collingwood for financial reasons. We couldn't afford to keep him, basically. Mm. Uh, uh, we lost, lost Richard Osborne. Um, Lynch, went up to, to Brisbane. We kept Ruse for another year. Uh, and then you know, the, uh, 
the financial side of the club uh, took its toll because the training facilities and uh, the support for the players just wasn't there. And they could see by what they were being told by the offers they were getting from other clubs that things were better elsewhere and mm. they all just took off. So we, we really had a shell of a, a club in 95, 96, those closing years. Yeah. And it was a tragedy because, you know, the other thing that happened with those uh, those closing years, 95, 96, we actually had some good players still, you know, some good young players. And if they had stayed together for another three or four years, things could have been good again. You know? And mm. I'm talking about Chris Johnson. Yeah. Yep. Triple yep. premiership player. Absolutely. Jared you know, yeah. Malloy, who played some really good football. You know, Brad Boyd was the captain, a uh, really good player. And dare I say it, Martin Pike. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, the, the side the side had some good players. So, mm. Primus, Matthew Primus, who went to Port Adelaide. Oh, of course. Yep. Yes. Port Adelaide legend. Yeah, mm. yeah. So, you know, there were some good players there that were, uh, were waiting to, uh, to become great players. Mm. Can you talk us through that time, what you were doing specifically for the club? Because you had a really active role during that time trying to save the club. Yeah, it was it was very frustrating. Mm. Um, I, I know one of the, the memories I've got is around about 91, um, there was a major push to uh, to try and save us uh, uh, financially. Um, and um, I know we were told that we, we were roughly $800,000 in debt. And if we raised $800,000, it would save the club. Um, and my dad took long service leave from work to go into uh, the headquarters that had been set up to uh, to take donations, and that was set up uh, at AFL House down in Jollymont, the old AFL right, House. Yeah. So he was in there during the day volunteering uh, for weeks and weeks. I'd go in at night and uh, staff the phones uh, to take the, the calls that – Sometimes you've got you know, 10 calls in the night and other nights you go three or four nights in a row without a call. But these were calls making donations to the club. Uh, occasionally we went out into the traffic in peak hour traffic and rattled tins even. Right. Yeah. So that, that was all really good. Uh, by the end of the seven or eight week period that we did that, uh, we were told we had the 800,000 and we thought, great, the yeah. club's going to survive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is magnificent. But then we found out that the 800,000 was essentially to, uh, to pay off the interest that was owed on the major debt. And uh, we were back to square one really quickly. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. and it just – I think after that I, I realised that we're probably not going to survive. You know, yeah. The, the writing was on the wall one way or another that we were going to going to die eventually. Yeah. And so Richmond had save, save Our Skins in a similar time and the Bulldogs had fight back. They did, yes. But, so when you get to 95, 96 – and the, so the last game they played was against Fitzroy at the MCG and that was the last game in Melbourne. Yes. So what do you remember of – I guess, that final stage of the process? Well, that, the lead up to that day, I, I can honestly say that I've never seen so many uh, so many grown men cry uh, mm. as what I saw that day. Not even when Richmond won a flag? <laughs> no, I reckon there was more this day, uh, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, the tragedy of that too was that there was nearly 50,000 people at the MCG on that, that last Melbourne home game for Fitzroy. And I do remember thinking to myself, where have you guys been all these years? You know, yeah. I know a lot of them were Richmond supporters, but there was a lot of Fitzroy supporters that we'd never seen. It was like a little family in the in the years you know, before that, and you, you all, almost knew everyone. Mm. Uh, yeah. So that, that was uh, quite sad. And I remember um, look, the result of the game was, was immaterial. We, you know, we were going nowhere, but you just wanted them to, to give a good account of themselves, and we got belted by you know, 140 or 50 points. Yeah which was sad in its own way. But uh, after the game, there was a couple of things that, that stick in the mind and one of which was seeing my my mum and my dad and uh, my old auntie all in tears. 
and I had my son with me who at that stage uh, was only, um, what was it, 97? He was only four or five. Four, I think he was. Uh, and I run over to the, uh, the the players' race where a big crowd had, uh, had gathered. We all run across the ground. The police were trying to stop people from getting on the ground, but they had no hope. And uh, <laughs> so everyone just mounted the fence and ran. So I had the, the little fellow with me and uh, we were standing outside the race and they wouldn't let us in the rooms and people were upset about that and... People sang the song. There was someone off in the distance burning a Fitzroy jumper because you know they didn't want to go to Brisbane. Uh, it was a little bit of mayhem. Yeah. Um, yeah, it sounds like it was complete anarchy almost. <laughs> it was. It was out of control and uh, it just added to the sadness of it all. And then my young fella uh, tapped me on the shoulder crying and I thought he was crying because uh, he uh, he realised that Fitzroy were dying as well. But he said... Uh, uh, Dad, my foot's gone all dizzy and I realised his foot had gone to sleep while he was on my shoulders. So he was distressed. So it was just one of those moments where not a lot went right. Here's the siren as Richardson lets it go into the stands. The end has come in Melbourne for Fitzroy. Well, we'll listen to the Richmond theme song, but it is uh, the Fitzroy flags that are flying as they say farewell. And isn't that nice to see all the players gathering in the centre of the MCG. They all know what it's about. Just prior to that, we'd been to a, a meeting at uh, Dallas Brooks Hall where the Brisbane hierarchy come down to address the Fitzroy members and, and try and sell the uh, the concept of the, the merged entity to us. And, oh, dear, that was, that was a shocking meeting too. Uh, if... Um, there's a couple of moments in Brisbane Lions history uh, that, that you reflect on and think, well, uh, they're very lucky that the Fitzroy supporters stuck by them and uh, that, that night at Dallas Brooks Hall was a, was a shocking meeting. Uh, what, why in particular? What well, really irked you? The, uh, a lot of the, there was a, a, a couple of splits in the Fitzroy ranks. Um, right up until uh, the death knell of the, the merger announcement, uh, we were supposedly going to merge with North Melbourne. Mm, yeah. Now, um, I must admit, I didn't like that idea uh, terribly much. Uh, it was always going to be hard to, to merge us with a, a, one of the tradition, traditional AFL, VFL clubs that you probably disliked all your life, uh, <laughs> whichever one it was going to be. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, no, no reflection on North Melbourne. Um, <laughs> but uh, that, that was difficult. Uh, and that, that was turned on its head at the last minute uh, with, uh, with a deal done um, with, with Brisbane Bears uh, to, to merge, uh, merge us with them. Now, um, one of the good points about that, as I say, was the fact that we were going to have the colours, you know, roughly uh, the same colours, uh, and a song that sounded a lot like the uh, the old song, as opposed to the uh, the deal we were uh, we had proposed with North Melbourne, which might have been that uh, you know we had a little bit of the colouring on the shorts and uh, not a lot else, mm. uh, no, nothing like the song. So that meeting was be- become difficult because there was a lot of agitation in the room. Um, the chairman of Brisbane Bears at the time, um, Noel Gordon, didn't handle the meeting very well. And uh, as he, as the meeting became more agitated, he, he got a bit aggressive. And oh, I think he made a comment. Well, if, if the Bris- if, if the Fitzroy supporters don't like the uh, the merger, uh, they can go and find someone else to support, which just set the room oh, off. Oh no! Yeah. It was words along those lines, anyway. Mm, yeah. um, and uh, it got a lot of people offside. So. Uh, that didn't help. Anyway, um, you know, fast forward to the first season of uh, Brisbane Lions. We stuck with them. Uh, you know, it was it was a little bit easier for my young fella because he was only you know five uh, at this stage. So, yeah, it was a new thing for him. 
uh, my mum, uh, being proud of her, uh, her grandson, uh, had, uh, had encouraged him to, uh, to stick with the Brisbane Lions. So, of course, you know, we all did. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember taking him to, uh, to one of the first games in Melbourne. Uh, it was, um, was Brisbane Lions against Melbourne. Uh, and there was only 13,000 people at the MCG. Now, can you imagine you know, the MCG one-tenth full? You know? <laughs> yeah, well, that was, what, 77 on Sunday? Yeah, mm. exactly. So, so it's, yeah, yeah. It, it tells the story. You know? So, uh, and, yeah, we, we, we won the game. I remember Gerard Malloy kicked seven goals for, for Brisbane. It was, was a good win, uh, but... Uh, yeah, the next most entertaining thing uh, that day was the uh, the two mascots, the the lions mascot and the demons mascot, decided they didn't like each other and had a fight <laughs> on the ground. That's happened a few times, I think, in mascot oh. mascot folklore. It has, and uh, the, uh, my my son still talks about the day he was there when the uh, the demons mascot tried to pull the head off the lions oh mascot. My so gosh. someone when Wally Daly was the Richmond mascot, someone yes. pulled his head off. Yes, although well, he pulled the dog's head off. That's yeah, right. Which did. in like yeah, in mascot right. folklore is the most taboo thing yes. you can do. Never. is to unmask the, <laughs> the opposition mascot. I think that was uh, when Waleed was uh, filling in as the mascot for one week only. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how much. I think there's a story with a bit of mayo on it about uh, how many it? weeks Wally did as the, the Richmond <laughs> mascot. But anyway. Oh, my God, those poor traumatised children. <laughs> um, well, I want to just sort of, I guess, add continue on that journey that you went through as um, in your fandom there, David, because you sent us this beautiful piece um, that you're profiled in in the Fitzroy newsletter that was written by uh, Gabrielle Murphy, which we'll link to in the show notes because it's, it's a really beautiful story that brings in a lot of elements of your family's connection to the club as well. But you mentioned specifically um, where your fandom from all of that heartbreak and frustration sort of took a bit of a turn, and mm. that was the Heritage Round in 2003. Do you want to talk us a bit through that yes, experience? Oh, I remember that distinctly. It's one of the flashpoint moments in life. Um, so we, we, we supported the Brisbane Lions and you know, took out memberships and, and did all that for you know, 97 onwards. Um, there was a moment where Lee Matthews went first went to uh, to, to Brisbane, and he I think convinced the uh, the Brisbane Lions that uh, there was significant support in Melbourne. Start looking after the fans down there, uh, and that that was helpful. Uh, we won the premiership in 01 and mm. 02, and that was really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there still just felt like there was something missing, and I, I could never put my finger on it. It, uh, it. it was really good, but it wasn't still old Fitzroy, and then. 03 comes and round 19 uh, of, of 03, they played against Collingwood at the MCG and it was the first heritage round that uh, I think the AFL had had mm-hmm. to that point. Uh, and Brisbane wore the old Fitzroy jumper, but most importantly, it was the old Fitzroy jumper with the white FFC, uh, which just looked magnificent. Um, and again, I'm almost getting emotional thinking about it now because I had a tear in the eye that day. Um after the game, um, Brisbane won. Uh, I was never going to call them Fitzroy then, but Brisbane <laughs> won. And uh, I've got visions of Michael Voss and Jonathan Brown uh, tapping the heart and pointing to the FFC on the jumper, uh, which was a significant moment for old Fitzroy supporters because that was where I felt like I was truly back as, mm. as a Brisbane yeah. Lions mm. supporter. Uh, it, it signalled to me that Fitzroy meant something to the Lions players that, mm. uh, that we all loved. Yeah. Uh, and the fact that they were, at that stage, dual premiership players and about to become triple premiership players yeah. and were proud of the Fitzroy heritage was magnificent. Yeah, because mm. they took the cups to Brunswick Street Oval both they did. times, didn't they? They yes. had a Melbourne-based celebration. Yeah, yeah. the crowd was huge both yeah. times. Um, yeah. But 
I reckon it was something special about the 03 celebration there because of that that moment, you know, mm. a few weeks before yep. the finals. Yep. Um, yeah, it was a, it was a funny few weeks because we um, we, we we won that round nineteen game against Collingwood, uh, and then I think from memory we lost the uh, the semi final against them the, the first week of the uh, qualifying, uh, qualifying yeah, final. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then you know, had to win our way uh, back uh, through Go the, the long way round, yeah. yeah. And uh, played them again in the grand final mm. and, and turned it back around again. And knocked them off, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Always a pleasant thing to do, but in Collingwood. Here it is! The Brisbane Lions have done it! The Hawks, the Bombers, the Crows, they couldn't do it in the 80s and the 90s, but the Lions have gone back to back to back to become the greatest side of the modern era. They are football's invincibles. So it's interesting there because of all the things. So you've mentioned like the song, you've mentioned the jumper, you've obviously got the name of the club. Yes. And I guess there's an, there's an analogy that gets kind of a philosophical concept that gets thrown around. If you have a ship and you take the panels one by one to rebuild the ship, yep. at which point does it become a new ship? Yes. Now, I just think it's really interesting in footy folklore, the Guernsey and the jumper is so celebrated. Yes. And that was the thing that really sparked you. Yep. So w- why do you think that is? Oh, perhaps it goes back to the days where uh, I was born and the uh, the Fitzroy jumper was put on the end of the cot. Uh, maybe it's uh, <laughs> yeah. just sort of sitting in the back of the psyche since then. Yeah, yeah. is it because it's the first thing? It's the first thing. It's, yeah, it's yeah. There's, there's early memories you have, and uh, some people say to me, "Well, how can you remember when you were a three year old?" And I don't necessarily think I remember a lot of things, but there's little things that just keep getting pounded into the mind. Yeah, mum and dad saying Fitzroy, 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 Kevin Murray, Kevin Murray, Kevin Murray, <laughs> Ron and Blue. Yeah, you know, we are the boys from old Fitzroy. It's all there, and you know, the similarities now with the uh, the colours and the song um, you know, just just ring true. Uh, it makes sense, mm. and that that's something we perhaps wouldn't have got if we had emerged with another one of the Victorian uh, clubs. So, um, yeah, and again. Right now, uh, the Brisbane Lions are looking after the Fitzroy supporters the best they ever have, and uh, it, it's uh, it's very, very, uh, appreci- very much appreciated by the Fitzroy people. So. Right, and has that gone to sort of help really change your relationship now to Brisbane? Like you seem to be a full-on diehard Brisbane supporter now as well. Oh, I'm a shocker. Yeah, um, <laughs> like uh, the, the other week we were up there for uh, for the uh, the Brisbane Lions Bulldogs game mm-hmm. um, on, yep. on the Sunday, yep. and. Uh, uh, the uh, the deputy uh, chairperson of uh, Brisbane Lions, Sarah Kelly, saw us in the crowd and uh, came over and uh, took myself and my son down to the rooms after the game. And fair income, I'm, I'm 55 years old, but I was like a kid in the candy shop <laughs> down in the rooms, you know, right next to them as they were singing the, uh, the, the Lions song. And yeah. there's an after-match function where the players just wander around. Most of them haven't had showers. They're still in their, in their, their, yeah, their playing clothes. And, yeah. Uh, it was just magnificent. You know, I was 55 going on five. You know, so. yeah. That's awesome. No, I'm very much a subscriber to the fact that it's okay to be a fan your whole life on that level. That's where the enjoyment and the love comes from. And if that brings you joy, why not? I mean, I feel like I'm going to be that fan until I'm 100 years old, really. Well, what else would you do with your life? Fair it's, uh, it's, it's really simple for me. It's uh, cricket in the summer and football in the winter <laughs> and everything else is incidental. Well, at I, the I moment, say family is important. Too, yeah. right? I mean, of course, of course. That's the great thing about this winter is it's everything. You've had the Cricket World Cup, the Ashes and the footy finals rolling around all at one time. Oh, that's right. And the the fact that I get to do football at you know, at two levels with, with Fitzroy and, and Brisbane Lions, um, oh, I can't think of a better life, to be honest. 
Do you love the ammo club that is now Fitzroy and the Lions? Do you love them equally? Yes, I do. Okay. Uh, it's it's really interesting. Um, when I when I first uh, realised that Fitzroy were back uh, as a, as a club playing at Brunswick Street Oval, uh, the most wonderful thing happened going back there and sitting in that old Brunswick Street Oval stand. It's a beauty. Uh, it's, it's so beautiful, and with, mm. you know, with the city skyline in the back background, it's yeah. it's the most beautiful oval. So you're sitting there, and um, I wasn't aware that they did this uh, until that first time I went back, and. Uh, the reserves are running around in the old Fitzroy jumper, which, which was really good. But uh, the end of the reserves game comes and the senior players uh, you know, get ready to run out. As they run out, they play the old Fitzroy song. So picture that. They're running out to the old Fitzroy song wearing the old Fitzroy jumper. And it really doesn't matter what happens after that. It's just <laughs> the most magnificent mm. thing to see. Um, and you know, the, 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 uh, the Fitzroy of today embraces that history. There's a number of parts of the, the Fitzroy Club, you know, the, uh, the old uh, Fitzroy history. There's the, uh, the University Reds that we, we moved in uh, to the club uh, a few years ago, 10 or 11 years ago. Um, there's people that have come through the junior club uh, and in some cases at, at AFL level might barrack for a Collingwood or a North Melbourne or, or something like that, but Fitzroy at the local level is their club. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they all come together as one big happy community. It's it's a great place to be on a Saturday afternoon. Um, the other thing that uh, that happens too sometimes, obviously, when we uh, every second week with the away side, uh, it's rare that we haven't got the numbers in the crowd at, at, at away games. We're a great travelling crowd, and uh, it's a real family atmosphere. Yep. And it just reminds me a lot of what we used to do down at the Junction Oval in the seventies uh, with the Fitzroy family in the in the VFL AFL uh, days. So. Mm. Uh, that's what it's like at Brunswick Street Oval and uh, it's a great place to be. And Brisbane Lions are replicating that. Brisbane Lions are starting to realise that, um, you know, it is a family down here and uh, you find you've got, uh, you know, close people uh, up in Brisbane as well. Uh, things like Twitter are an amazing way of keeping in contact with people yep. and uh, we've got to know a lot of people up there as well. Mm-hmm. So it is a, a real community, which is one of the great things about football. Uh, you know, yeah. people coming together uh, you know, under the one umbrella to have a good time. Absolutely. Um, I want to extend on that conversation a little bit and talk a bit about, I guess, the women's game and how mm. that's been incorporated into your fandom too because, I mean, following you on Twitter and being aware of your involvement with the Fitzroy girls team um, and women's teams down at uh, Brunswick Street Oval as well, I know you're quite passionate about the women's game. Yeah. So how um, how does your fandom fit into following the Brisbane women and um, and the Roy girls as well? Oh, look, I'm a member of everything. Uh, so, <laughs> the, the, uh, <laughs> uh, look, the, the, the Roy girls are, are wonderful. Um, it's uh, the determination they've got out on the ground uh, it just reminds me of why I'm into football. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the, you know, they really want to have a crack. They really want to make a difference. Um, you know, watching them this season, they had a, a game, a night game at Brunswick Street Oval. Um, uh, it was the first game under lights. And there was a big crowd turned out to watch them and they were playing against a much better side. Gee, they wanted to win, and the passion they went out there with, and uh, the effort they put in, um, again, you know, was was something that that, that won the heart over. Yeah, there, there would have been a few people in the in the crowd that maybe were a bit sceptical about women's football, but when they saw that, they couldn't help but be convinced, uh, you know, like I I always have been. Uh, that that is is something that that I love uh, about the the Roy girls. Similarly, uh, the Brisbane Lions AFLW side, wow. Mm. Um, 
some of the, some of the you know, the women in that side are the most wonderful athletes, yes. and uh, the style of game that they play. Uh, and I'd say the same about the uh, the Fitzroy girls. Uh, each year it gets better and better, and uh, I take you know, exception uh, with with people that, that criticise the game and say it's not not up to standard because it is. Mm. It's in its infancy. Uh, in a lot of ways, and if you go back over AFL or VFL history and look at some of the uh, the score lines and, uh, and and games of yesteryear, it's roughly akin with where the women's game is now, and it's developing. And boy, it just gets better and better. Yeah. So for I sure. love watching it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and I'm I'm a great advocate for it, and uh, I don't mind talking it up at at, uh, at any turn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, great. I mean, that's definitely the sense that I got there. I mean, I was lucky enough to be invited to be a speaker at the women's uh, women's in footy women in footy lunch there earlier in the year, and the sense that I got from the community around the women's game and getting to meet some of the female players down there was just amazing. I think it's really cool what Fitzroy is doing down there, and it's great to see someone like yourself being such a leader in that space. Oh, look, it's good. It's it's um one of the things we make a real effort to do. It, it's not. You know, the men's club and the women's club, it's the club. Yeah. And everyone's equal um, in, in terms of the way uh, the club uh, conducts itself. Um, the uh, the women's team has its uh, own leadership groups. Uh, it has its uh, its own um, you know, management team that, uh, that look after everything from them. Uh, but it's all merged as part of the one club. Mm. Uh, and Saturday night was a great example where – yeah, there was a, a players' function and uh, all the men's players and all the women's players were there uh, dancing away to the iPod shuffle. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and it was a great night for the club and it just said to me, well, this is what it's all about. You know, there's a you know, big community atmosphere there but it's also men and women players of the club treated equally and act, acting as equals within the club uh, environs. So it was really good. Song in tune and I danced all night. I looked at you as the only one. Didn't know it come under. So, a little bit of water to still go under the bridge in this footy season. Yes. How does the current wave of success for you feel compared to the early 2000s? Brisbane have obviously had a huge upswing this year. Yeah, it's uh, it's been, uh, I, I think, I'd be lying if I said it hadn't uh, hadn't surprised me somewhat. Uh, it's, uh, I think Fag said that yesterday yeah. today or in his presser. He said he probably didn't expect them to be as high as they've been. No. So it was really interesting. Last year, a lot of people were talking us up uh, and saying that we were going to have uh, perhaps the sort of year we've had this year last year. Uh, and you could see that was a bit ridiculous. You know, they, they were still a developing group of young players uh, largely. Um, they won five games last year and uh, lost half a dozen by under a couple of goals. So they were on the way. But I looked at the fixture at the start of this season and couldn't pick out more than about eight wins. Now, coming from me, that, that's big because uh, <laughs> I'm the biggest optimist in the world. And uh, being old, old Fitzroy, I think we can win every game no matter what the odds. Um, but uh, yeah, I was trying to be practical about it. Uh, and the fact that they won 16. 16 games, yeah. So 16 uh, and 6. Yeah, yeah, it was outstanding. And... Now, there's a lot going on there. You know, uh, Fagan is an outstanding coach. Um, the way he's been able to draw those players together as a group that are playing for him, playing for the club and playing for each other is, is wonderful to see. Uh, and just those those pictures of him the other week where he ran out on the ground and hugged the players after yes, the Geelong game. so game, good. You just don't see that at mm. AFL level anymore uh, like that. You know, he's, he's, uh, but he's more than just the fatherly figure. He's clearly a, a really good 
uh, teacher and, and tactician uh, to, to bring five wins to 16 wins in the, in the space of a year. Uh, so the fans love that and that the whole club feeds off that. Um, so perhaps to come back to the question, um, it is really exciting uh, to see this group of uh, essentially young players come together and, and play the, the sort of football that uh, everyone told us they could play. Mm. Uh, so, you know, um, mind you, there's a couple of things to, to, you know, to take note of. There's a couple of players there or two or three players that, uh, you know, perhaps got a, a two or three year window maximum of opportunity to, to have some success. You know, guys like, um, Zorko and, uh, you know, Robbo, uh, you know. Particularly those two. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they're at the, the pointy end of the career, you know, they're, they're not old, but uh, you, know, you, you wouldn't want them waiting five years for the, the success. Uh, no. So uh, it's important that we get something out of these next two or three years while the window's open. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, some of the other younger guys have got you know, plenty of years ahead of them. Although I'm reminded of, of Jonathan Brown, who had you know, three premierships by the time he was 22, and he probably <laughs> thought he had uh, you know, another the two premierships. The world would yeah. yeah. so. They only get too far too early. So are you mm. going to the first final? Yes, yes, we're going up. Um, it's uh, It's been a really interesting experience, uh, you know, getting ourselves uh, together for that. Uh, I, I love going to the Gabba. Um, yeah. And you know, it's a wonderful ground to watch the game at. But uh, uh, I took the precaution. We, we love staying across the road from the Gabba at the, uh, the uh, hotel across the road because, you know, you just walk across the road to the game. So I took the precaution of booking for the first three weeks of the finals uh, there at the at the hotel um, on the basis that it's, uh, you know, you can cancel 72 hours in advance if uh, there's no game there. So uh, That's so smart. Uh, that You're was, light years <laughs> ahead of every other footy fan who's now <laughs> scrabbling for tickets. The crucial question is, do you think you'll win? Uh, yes, I do now. Uh, okay. After what I saw yesterday, I thought um, uh, I, I, feared, I feared Richmond prior to yesterday. I don't anymore. Uh, and there's the, uh, not even the supreme optimist coming out of me. I'm being the realist. We mm-hmm. have a good enough game and a good enough team to beat anyone on our day, and I think we can take Richmond at the Gabba. Okay. Also, just to add on to if people didn't think you were a passionate enough fan already based on that, and your um, organisation to pre-book the accommodation. Can you tell people what you've had to do in terms of your flights to get up there oh, as well? The accommodation was the easy bit uh, <laughs> because uh, we, we had a, a problem with the flights. Uh, I was mindful of the fact that uh, I could book a flight for a Friday and get up there for the, perhaps the Friday game or, or the Saturday game or even the Sunday game. Mm-hmm. But then I thought the AFL and all their wisdom might uh, schedule a Thursday night final up there uh, and that would uh, mess us around a little bit with uh, pre-booked plane flights. So they announced a Saturday final last night, mm-hmm. which was good. I jumped on the, on the net to book the plane tickets and all the, the plane tickets to Brisbane were gone. So we had to get a bit creative and we're flying into the Gold Coast instead and uh, then we'll drive an hour up to uh, That's up actually to very, very sensible. And <laughs> I know we had an example a few years ago where we had a ticket in the family to the Bulldogs GWS prelim that I had and I couldn't get a flight to Sydney from Melbourne. Yep. But my younger sister who lives in Adelaide took the ticket because she could get the flight that I wasn't able to get because <laughs> I was essentially going to have to fly. Like, and I just got to a point where I was like, I want to go, but this is getting ridiculous. Yeah. I still regret it to this day. But So you'll think you'll win. Final question to finish on, and we're going to ask this of everyone that we have on. Yep. Can you end up deeming this year a success without winning at all? Yes, very much so. Uh, think of where we've come from. A handful of wins a year for uh, for the best part of the last decade. Uh five wins last year and some frustrating losses to get to 16 wins is a major achievement mm. and 
all right, look at it from uh, from a sad point of view. We could well go out in straight sets in, in the finals. I don't reckon we will. I reckon we're better than that. So this season has been a major success for us uh, mm. and it sets us up for you know probably the next five or six years. Yeah, okay. Well, my tip at this point is a Richmond-Brisbane grand final. Ooh, look out. Yeah. Wow. So I don't know. We might have to have you back on in grand <laughs> final week. And that would be the dream scenario. Thank you so much for joining us, David. It's been an absolute pleasure. Um, and I yeah, can't thank you enough for taking no, the time. No worries, guys. Thanks for having me. It's, uh, it's been a real pleasure from my end. And uh, I look forward to uh, the next few weeks ahead for us all. Oh.